It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 548 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, July 18th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Himalaya. Find a show that you want to support and that you like. There's a team that you're particularly interested in and what they did over the offseason. If you're getting ready for fantasy drafts, if you are looking for a national perspective, we have you covered on all angles, all fronts on the Locked On Podcast Network. So please, Find a show that you like and support it in any way you can, and that is subscribing, rating, and reviewing. The easiest way to do that. All right, on today's show, it's been a little while since our last podcast. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was pretty burnt out uh, after the finals run and just kind of needed a bit of a time to decompress, and also not much has happened. Summer League ended the Raptors signed campaign, who will probably be cut from training camp because he's very bad, and if not, we'll just be there to do sideline dances mostly. The Raptors signed Dewan Hernandez as well to a three-year deal. I like it. He looked pretty good in Summer League, along with Terrence Davis. I think the odds of one of him, Terrence Davis, uh, Ronda Hellish Jefferson, Stanley Johnson, at least one of those guys popping this season feel pretty good. So that's exciting. They've uh, done a pretty good job filling out this roster and with a lot of high upside and sort of, you know, flyery types, which is what you got to do when you lose a superstar. You got to try to find talent on the margins. So I like what the Raptors have done there. Not too much in the way of deep analysis to really be had there, but I think they've done a good job for you know the situation that was presented to them. So uh, that's why I took a week off. There wasn't a whole lot happening and just kind of needed the time to go away and chill. And look, the podcast is probably going to only be like twice, maybe three times a week throughout the summer uh, until the... FIBA World Cup begins. When the FIBA World Cup begins, this will become sort of a Locked On Canada podcast for a little bit, and I'm looking forward to that. So stay tuned. We'll have some Canada episodes coming up soon here as well. The roster of 29 players for the training camp that begins August 4th was announced earlier this week. So we'll get into that. Chris Boucher is there. Shouts to him and the Raptors connection there. Nick Nurse obviously coaching that team. So plenty of reason for us to dive into that. And we'll have smart people on who know a lot about Canada basketball over the next little while here too. When the tournament starts in September, I'll do recaps of every game and stuff like that. And I'll be up at 3.30 a.m. watching the games in China because I am a brain-poisoned person who likes to watch basketball at weird times throughout the year, at all times throughout the year. So stay tuned for that. Locked on Canada coming your way. And between now and then, we'll just sort of fill in the gaps with some fun podcasts. We'll have Katie on. I think we're going to do another dramatic reading of a fan fiction the way we did for her Chuck uh, Chuck Hayes fanfic she wrote back in the day for the classical. So stay tuned for that. That's a lot of fun. We will be diving into probably some sort of 
you know, historical deep dives on the season that just happened and, you know, back in the day. I'll do some mailbags and stuff like that. And uh, we're also, I think, going to try to finish off the trivia tournament that we started a year ago and never finished because the playoffs started and I lost track. So uh, Dan Grant, Vivek Jacob, Josh Lewenberg, and I think one other person who I can't remember are still in the semifinals of that tournament. And so we'll get to that as soon as we possibly can. And uh, that's going to be the summer. With all that said... I am going to pass along news that if you are a Patreon subscriber to my Patreon page, look, there are, there are not many of them for a good reason. I ended up not being able to do the Patreon stuff as much as I wanted to. I am going to be stopping the collection of payments on the Patreon page. I appreciate anyone who has ever subscribed for even a second to the page. It was uh, a lot of fun to do. I had some fun deep dive historical podcasts, some mailbag podcasts that went pretty deep on those as well. were really, really fun, but... As soon as I started the Patreon page last year, I got really busy and my, you know, career-wise, it it was a very good thing. I ended up find, having a lot of stuff to do finally after not having much when I decided to launch the Patreon page. And so it ended up just kind of falling to the back burner. The playoff run was really bad for it. I just didn't have the time between doing podcasts every day and writing and, and the book obviously coming up as well. There just wasn't enough time in the day to dedicate what I would have liked to the Patreon page. So I, I apologize if you're a subscriber. You know, I, I hope you enjoy the podcasts that you have. You'll still always have those, obviously, as a subscriber. I'm not going to take the page down. It's just going to be there. And if I get back around to a point where I need to, you know, kickstart it again, I'll turn the payments back on and then we'll start churning up content. But for now, I'm going to take a step back on the Patreon side of things and uh, just thank anyone who has contributed because it was really, really appreciated and really helpful to me. And, you know, it wasn't a ton of money that came in, but it was a very appreciated amount of money that definitely helped out. So uh, thank you very much and uh, apologies that I was not ever able to make that Patreon page quite the robust deep dive the primos pasta ross podcast wasn't able to make it as sort of all-encompassing and big that i as i hoped it would be just the resources and the time it was mostly just time time is finite and uh, as soon as i started the page i started getting extra things coming along work-wise which uh was not expected and i'm thankful for it as well but uh, obviously the the patreon page is now the casualty of that so that is that business out of the way all right, let's get to today's show. On today's show, I am joined by Chris Manning, who's our pal from Locked On Cavaliers, and this dates back a few years now. We'll check in every six months or so to sort of do a State of the Eastern Conference podcast, and we thought it'd be a good time after the uh, craziness of the offseason to sort of assess where every team is at right now. I found myself sort of being down on a lot of teams in a way I didn't think was going to be the case. And I think Chris, you know, he has his own opinions on certain teams as well. He's higher on some teams. I'm higher on others. It was a good check. We, we don't agree on everything. Um, and it was a good talk between myself and my pal Chris. So we're going to break this into two parts because we went like an hour and 10 minutes or so. So I'm going to break it up. And we will start with the first part of the podcast where we start with the bottom teams in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors stuff will come out on Friday in the second part of the podcast, along with all the other teams at the top of the East. Uh, I believe in this section of the podcast, I clamor for a Chris Paul to Orlando trade. I really want that to happen. I want my boy Terrence Ross to have a point guard to get him all the shots he wants. Um, and so we get into that. We talk about the Bulls. We talk about how depressing the Wizards are. We try to determine who the worst team in the East is going to be. Boy, there are some some contenders for that. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with myself and Chris Manning. Again, two-parter. First part right now you're listening to. The second part will come out on Friday. And that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
Please again subscribe, rate, review if you have not yet and you would like to purchase We the Champs, the book written by myself and Alex Wong, which has been the number one bestseller in nonfiction in both the Toronto Star and Global Mail the last two weeks, which is very cool. Uh, and thank you so much to anyone who's bought it. But if you have not yet bought it, please uh, consider picking up a copy. You can buy it at Costco, you can buy it at Indigo, you can buy it at Kohl's, you can buy it uh, at some boutique gift uh, bookstores as well, smaller local ones if you want to try to support there. Go see if they have it in stock. They might. And you can also order it online, Amazon, Indigo, TriumphBooks.com as well. I appreciate anyone who has ordered it, and I appreciate all the kind words that have come in about it. You guys have been just fantastic and awesome. So... We the champs, please pick that up if you have not yet done that. And that is all the administrative stuff out of the way. We'll now get to the conversation about the Eastern Conference and the State of the East with myself and Chris Manning. Here's part one, part two tomorrow. Hey, how's it going? Sean Woodley here from Locked On Raptors, and I'm joined by Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs. And we've reached the point of the offseason where campaign is signing contracts, so that means it's time to fill a little time here and do one of our customary runs through the Eastern Conference to sort of check the status. It feels like a pretty good time to do that after all of mo- all of the movement of the offseason. Chris, man, how's it going? It's going good. Um, it's been, you know, an, uh, sort of an uneventful offseason. On my end of this, you've had obviously a very eventful offseason. The East is in a weird spot, it feels like. But uh-huh. we're going we're gonna, to, there, there's some shenanigans I think we're going to get into here. Yeah, my biggest takeaway looking through the East teams and sort of like trying to figure out how good the East is going to be is that I'm a lot lower on a lot of these teams than I thought I was going to be. And I think like last year, I think you could argue that like four of the six or even five best teams in the NBA were in the Eastern Conference. I don't think that's the case this year. I think it's going to be very, very lopsided towards the West. And we might see like an inflated win total for one or two of the teams at the top just because of how bad the bottom of the conference is. But Overall, I don't really think the East stacks up even a little bit to the West. Maybe that's not even a hot take at this point, but I think it's pretty bad. Yeah, so I only have um, – I did this in tiers. Like we, we both sort of did this, but I only have two teams that I think could win the title from the East as of right now. Like I feel like the oh, West yeah. is, again, like you said, much more open. I think there are more title contenders out there. I just have two teams that I think this season are in title contention. I have teams that I'm very sure will make the playoffs. I have teams that – I think we'll, you know, have a chance to make the playoffs. I think there's a pretty clear bottom tier. But in terms of actual title contenders, I think it's only two teams, and I think it's a pretty obvious two teams. We'll get to that. I think we're going to go bottom up. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's a different conference. I mean, I think, as, you, as you know better than, than anyone in, the, in our whole network here, like Kawhi leaving and uh, him going to the Clippers takes just one team, obviously, out of the, the presumed title contention. And... We'll see what happens with some of these other teams, and obviously the Nets are sort of in a, in a holding pattern because they're not going to have KD this year, and well, they that they could have been that third team, but we'll see kind of where this ends up. I, I think this will be a, kind of a weird year. Oh yeah, it's going to be super weird. I think the teams at the bottom, I think, are going to get bludgeoned because I think they're very, very much worse than the rest of the teams, and just like are in such various but similar states of disrepair. That I, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be rough for at least four of these teams. So I have four teams in my bottom tier of the East. Do you have five, you said, before we got on air? Yes. All right, so let's yeah, run through five. your five. What do you, who do you got? All right. All right, so in, in, in the, I have them in this order from top, from bottom to the end of my tier. Okay. And um, this this is, I think, so we'll get into some of these teams specifically. But I, I have the Knicks as the worst team in the conference. Okay. Then I have the Hornets. 
then I have the Cavs, then I have the Wizards, and then I have the Bulls. That is my bottom tier. Um, the Wizards, like, and the Bulls are, like, at the top of there because I feel like Bradley Beal is the best player on the teams that I have in that bottom tier. The Bulls, I just, I just like, feel like they have talent that I think just makes sense. I think they should at least be more competent than some of the teams below them. The Cavs are going to, they were the worst defensive team arguably in history last year. <laughs> they could be even worse next year um, and they because they literally lost their one good wing defender, David Nwaba, to Brooklyn. Um, the Hornets, I think losing Kemba and giving Thierry Rougier a lot of money to be Thierry Rougier without like having anything else that I quite like, I think they're just going to be bad even if they're well coached. And the Knicks, like, are the Knicks. Um, that's going to be like a lot of Dennis Smith Jr. and R.J. Barrett and like Mitchell Robinson's like interesting but i just think that team's gonna be pretty bad and i don't see like how they are not the worst team in the conference assuming the Cavs like have a healthy kevin love or whatever um but that's my bottom tier it's the bulls the wizards the Cavs, the hornets and the knicks i think those are pretty clearly the five worst teams in the conference with the bulls just because i don't think beal is enough on his own in washington are the team that maybe jump out of there but um i think they're these teams are clearly going to be a lot worse than and i think you're right that like the Bucks, in particular, considering they have the Cavs in their division, and you look at just playing those conference teams more than you play the teams in the West. Bucks, 76ers, Raptors, Boston, like these teams that we expect to be near the top should just bludgeon these teams and like rack up more wins as opposed to the gauntlet we're going to see at West. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I disagree on the Bulls. I have the Bulls in my tier above, which I guess would be like the in the hunt for the playoffs contention sort of bubble. Um, I think the Bulls roster makes a lot of sense. Like, I think they have a lot of interesting guys who fit well together. I think the Otto Porter thing was a really nice sort of dude to just toss into that lineup, and he can play the three and four. He can kind of fit with a bunch of their other guys. He can make up for some of the defensive deficiencies of Larry Markkinen. And then I think Wendell Carter is in for a big season. I think Zach Levine is kind of, it's gotten to the point where Zach Levine's almost underrated. He's kind of one of these guys who, just because he doesn't score in a way that like NBA internet appreciates, I kind of think he goes underappreciated a little bit because he can score and is reasonably efficient doing so. And I think their point guard spot's obviously not good, and I think Kobe White was, like, pretty bad at Summer League from what I've read and heard and seen in his stats, and I don't think Kobe White's, like, the instant answer at point guard, but, like, Thomas Sadoransky's good, and I think Chris Dunn, while they look like they're trying to move him, is still, like, a useful backup who can play defense and, like, be competent as a ball handler to anchor a second unit, so... I just kind of think the Bulls are going to make the playoffs because they have good players or, like, fine players up and down the roster. And maybe this speaks, and we'll get to my thoughts on Thaddeus Young, uh, Thaddeus Young a little bit later when we get to the Pacers section, but, like, I kind of think the Bulls are okay, and I think, like, Thaddeus Young's really good, and I think that's also, like, a really nice auto-porter-like piece that ties everything together. Even in their second units, they're going to have just competent players on the floor, which, over the course of the regular season... You know, there's, I think, a lot of people being like, oh, they have, like, you know, redundancies with their power forwards and stuff like that. It's like, no, guys get hurt, and 
you play 48 minutes in a game and no one plays 48 minutes on their own. Like, it's nice to have depth and, and interchangeable pieces. And I kind of think the Bulls have that. And maybe I'm out of my mind, but I kind of think, like, this is not that bad a team. And, like, there's Daniel Gafford you can get excited about if you want to as a backup center. There's Chandler Hutchinson, who is a person. <laughs> like, it's, it's not exciting, but the East is not exciting as a conference. So I kind of think... If you get sort of a baked-in growth from marketing and Carter in particular, you're kind of looking at a pretty decent team and uh, like one that I don't think will make the playoffs per se, but I think will kind of be in the hunt for it. So I don't have them in my bottom tier. I agree I had the Knicks, Wizards, Hornets, and Cavs as my bottom four, uh, but I haven't been in a different order. I think I have, honestly, the Knicks being the best of those four teams... Just because, like, I just, I just don't see it. Like, I just, like, I'm looking at the raw. I've looked at the roster, and I stood in and just was staring at this as I was working <laughs> through this. Um, and I was just like, okay, like their team. They have RJ Barrett, who was like bad in summer league. I don't want to put too much stock into him, but he was bad. Like, he got better they, they as it went along. Come on. <laughs> but like, this is this is the roster. Like, Julius Randle is the highest paid player in the team. So they have Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, Marcus Morris, Taj, and Taj Gibson. Mm-hmm. Like. Okay. That's, like, a lot of dudes for, like, the same sort of position. They have Alfred Payton. Okay. Have a guard who can't shoot. Barrett's going to be asked to do a lot of his work, and I think he's just inevitably going to struggle. Frankie Smokes is, like, probably not good. Dennis Smith Jr. is fine. I, like, I'm not a – I don't want to, like, write off Kevin Knox, but, like, was not good as a rookie. Reggie Bullock is – Reggie Bullock, Alonzo Trues, whatever. Like, there's guys I like. I just, like, don't see how this team, like, actually has, like, cohesion. Like, because for, for all the problems I have with the Cavs and, like, what they're going to be next year, I just, like, think there's at least, like, going to be some sort of stylistic cohesion and, like, flow to what John Beeline is doing. I think Kevin Love is better than anyone on the Knicks, assuming they don't trade him, assuming he doesn't get hurt, which are big ifs. But, like, if he's on the floor, like, that is a much better player than anyone that the Knicks have. I think that raises their floor. I, I just look at the Knicks, and, like, even if I liked Fisdale and I liked some of the guys they have, I just, like, don't see, like, a cohesive vision for there um, because, like, that team just, like, has, like, weird fits everywhere. And, they're, yes, they're maybe part of space and all that, but it's just, like, ugh. Like, there's just some stuff there I don't love. Yeah, I do know what you mean. It's kind of like uh, all these guys that they brought in are, like, the cables that help hold up the suspension bridge, but there's no superstar or, like, star to be the, like, the... The, like the foundation of the bridge you know what I mean like and then if you don't have that it's just like a bunch of loose cables that don't really have a purpose and maybe that's the case and like Marcus Morris as a top option will be very very bad um but I, like I think Julius Randle's pretty good I think RJ is going to get a lot of runway to figure out if he's good or not and maybe that's a bad thing and maybe I'm talking myself into the Knicks being worse than I originally planned but it's another thing where it's just, like, they have competent guys up and down, and I don't think it's, like, that disastrous of a team. And also, I, like with the Cavs, I'm kind of baking in the expectation that I think Kevin Love's going to get traded at some point, and maybe you know better than I do if that's even on the table or if that's likely, but it just feels like, what are they doing if they don't? It doesn't really feel like Kevin Love at whatever age is he, like, 30 years old now, 31, like... He's not going to be part of the next great Cavs team, so why keep hanging on if you can sort of do right by here's him and why. send him somewhere good? Here's here's why. Okay. Unless he's like, I want out, which then becomes a more complicated thing. And to my knowledge, and I don't think it's been put out there, that he is he has not said that. Um, Kevin Love like raises it, makes life easier for Colin Sexton, for Darius Garland, for Jetty Osmond, for Kevin Porter Jr., for Dylan Windler, for Larry Nance. Like, right. Kevin Love maybe is not on the next great Cavs team, but if you take away Kevin Love off of this team and you – 
the argument that like they need to trade him to clear cap space next summer is a fallacy because they're already going to have a shit ton of cap space. They like don't have anyone else to really run an offense through. Yeah. And like if you, ha- I don't believe in like the idea that you just go super young and just let them figure it out. Even if you have a, a system like Beeline, yeah, is is going to implement. I think you just need a guy to like help take some of the pressure off these guys and make their easier. They were statistically much much better when he played last year. Sexton was much better when he played. Osmond was much better than he played. Like I, I understand like. If he's like, okay, like, I really don't, this hasn't worked out how I thought it would, get me to Portland, get me to X team that can help, I can maybe go push for one last title run um, while I'm, you know, still kind of in my prime. But unless he comes and says that, like, I'm not in a rush to trade him unless you get something really good back in return. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense, right? It's like, totally possible. Yeah. If he gets traded at the deadline, like, they're going to be crap. And, like, they're going to be, they're not going to be good defensively anyway. Like, that's why they're going to win, like, 20 semi games probably but like kevin can at least make life easier for those guys i don't see anyone in new york can do that um yeah it's with like washington like i think bradley beal is freaking awesome if he gets traded they're going to be complete crap but if he's on the team he raises their floor because bradley beal is like an all nba caliber player yeah the wizards are kind of like the inverse of the uh nicks to me in that they have the foundation of the bridge but none of their cables make any sense and most of them are made of like wet noodles <laughs> um, like this roster sucks so much I mean, like, ass it's like crazy that two of their top three bat- highest paid players are like dudes who are just eating up cap space it's unbelievably bad are we assuming john wall is not playing next year is he playing like coming back halfway through the year like what's the deal there i Regardless, I mean, either way, like he's thirty to thirty-eight million dollar point guard coming off of like an Achilles, and yeah. then Imihimi's making fifteen and a half million dollars. Yeah, and like right now, See, I'm shout looking... to CJ Miles for being the fourth highest paid player on this team. I love CJ Miles. Eight point seven million dollars <laughs> for CJ Miles is like wild. Yeah, he definitely makes them more likable. He's also probably like their third best player, which is bad. <laughs> it's yeah, like their starting lineup right now per ESPN's depth chart thingy. Uh, is Ish Smith, bad. Bradley Beal, very good. Troy Brown, who maybe is good, but also the Wizards drafted him, so maybe he's not good. Uh, Rui Hachimura, who's a rookie. And Thomas Bryant, who just got the bag, and I'm happy for him. They have Jan Mahimi still on this team. Davis Bertans is in there. They have all like the crap they got from the Lakers in that trade, like Isaac Bonga and Jamario Jones and Mo, Mo Wagner. Like, this team sucks. I think this is the worst team in yeah. the East. I think they're going to lose, like, 60 games. Maybe more than that. It's possible. And, like, they have Isaiah Thomas. And, like, the Isaiah Thomas yeah. thing is just, like... He's not good anymore. He can't walk. Isaiah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad for... I generally just, like, as a human being, I like, really empathize with Isaiah. But, oh, like, same. this is not, like... This is, like, a tough spot for him to, like, rebuild any value that he might have. Um, that's tough. But, yeah. But I would just say, like, I... And it's, like, the Hornets, I just, like, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the Hornets I, are... They are also I don't know bad. what to do with that. Um, I would say, like, I would just to circle... To kind of wrap up this part, is, like, my just sort of adherence to them and why I think I put them there as well. Like, I like... I like what they did this summer. I just, like, don't... I just, like, need to kind of see the kind of work before I believe in it. Because I don't love yeah. Boylan... I'm, I, I, I think Levine obviously gets buckets. We tried on defense for a bit last year. 
Ben kind of didn't. Like, what does that look like? How does Thad kind of impact this? And, and what do they get out of the point guard spot? Like, I think Sadoransky is awesome. He can't be the whole thing. Um, you know, is, is Kobe White, like, a huge negative as a rookie? Like, if that happens, that's going to lower the floor of that team. So I just need to see it a little bit before I believe in it. Where these other teams, I'm just like, yeah, like, they're probably going to be pretty bad. Fair enough. Uh, I'm still putting the Wizards at the bottom. This, this roster sucks so much, but I can't even... Like, it makes me sad. Trade Bradley Beal, please. Like, save him. Yeah. Let's move on to yeah, slightly... Yeah, uh, should we do just a quick kind of segue here to kind of just yeah. plug something real quick? Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. If Keishu are a Postmates user. Oh, yeah. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. For a limited time, Postmates is giving lockdown listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. So download the Postmates app and use the code LOCKDOWN. And you should do that because... Hundred dollars in free delivery—that's freaking awesome. That's that's a lot. That. That's um, like that's like t- ten pizzas. <laughs> that's right. ten pizzas. That's like yeah. enough to make me like you know I don't I can be cheap and maybe don't want to use. That's like enough to make me just like really use Postmates all the time. Like that would make me be even lazier and like I could sit at <laughs> home and record more podcasts if you go use Postmates. So yeah, saying. Postmates. If you want more lockdown cash? Do you want more lockdown rappers? Go use Postmates. Use that promo code lockdown. Absolutely. Uh, should we move on to the yeah? Should we yeah. move to like the playoff bubbly teams, or do you have this sort of as like a whole tier of teams that are like you, you think so, some are going to make it, and some aren't? Team that I, like is in the fringe playoff team tier here, but I also have them as like the wild card in all this because like I just I'm not as universally high on them as NBA Twitter seems to be. Although I am very intrigued by them, and that's Atlanta. Oh, you're um, telling me NBA Twitter likes the Hawks? <laughs> Never like ever has happened news. before. Bum, 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 breaking news. Um, get the yeah, but like I'm like very fascinated by them, but they're super young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know DeAndre Hunter's like gonna be like I don't know how good he will be immediately because he's a rookie mm-hmm. and you know what? How does how does year what does year two of Trey Young look like? He's obviously a defensive liability as well. Like what does year two of like Kevin Herter look like? I like Atlanta. Um. I think their future is really bright. I think it's really interesting. You know, we'll see what Cam Reddish can provide as well. The Jabari thing is, you know, odd to me. We'll see if he just gets them buckets. They have Alan Crabb, like they have Evan Turner, like they have Chandler Parsons, which I totally forgot about. So, like, I just don't know what to expect from this um, roster. So, like, they, they're, like, theoretically a fringe playoff team for me. I just, like, also want to see, like, 30 games and just, like, collect some data, collect some film before I believe in it. But, like, I like a lot of the dudes on this team. Like, I like Trey. I like DeAndre. Um, I think this is, like, a pretty good spot for Reddish. This is – I like Kevin Herter. Um, maybe Parsons can, like, be something. Like, I don't know. I, I'm going to, like, watch this team with a lot of intrigue. I don't expect them to be super good, but the East is bad, and they, like, have at least guys that, like, were really, really interesting last year. So we'll see. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, the Hawks to me are like, I think people kind of get ahead of themselves with young teams sometimes. And like the second there's a collection of like young 20-somethings on a team, it's like, oh man, they're the next Thunder. They're the next Sixers. And it's like, 
uh, wait, because usually this takes a long time, and young players lose a lot of games just because they're children, and it tends to take some time to learn how to not be children in the NBA, and this is kind of the thing, and I guess they brought in some vets, they brought in like Evan Turner and Chandler Parsons, and uh, who else did they even bring in? Like, they brought in some guys who they haven't oh they run in Jabari Parker yeah that's not good uh like Alan Crabs well, there gonna like get buckets for them and he 6.5 million for like what he is and where they're at is like fine it's also just like yeah if he's, if he's gonna, gonna be if he's gonna be getting buckets for you then I don't think you should be penciling yourself in as a playoff team you know what I mean like it's it's a nice little reclamation project maybe it works maybe they have like some net success there but I just don't think that is a conducive formula to making the playoffs and winning close to 40 games. Like, I think the Hawks will be, like, fun and feisty and will have runs where they look really good, but I think they'll also, like, struggle in late in games because where is the creation coming late in games where you need a bucket? Like, I, I don't know. Like, Trey Young is great. He's also, like, six foot one or six foot two or whatever, and, like, I don't know if he can sort of be a go-to creator just yet maybe he can be at some point maybe he's got that off the dribble three-point shot working and it's all fine but I think like there's just very obvious things that they don't quite have yet and maybe they'll get them as DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish and stuff develop and John Collins gets better but this is what young teams go through right it's like all the excitement but also oh look it's been three years and now they're finally just getting good is typically kind of how it goes so yeah I don't think the Hawks are, they're like the bottom of my playoff bubble tier right now. They're like yeah. right above the bottom tier. They're obviously better than the Knicks, Wizards, Hornets, and Cavs, and more exciting, obviously, and way less uh, moribund for the next five years, probably. But uh, I just, I think they're too, it's too soon to pencil them in, unless we see some like crazy ass Trey Young leap. I don't think we can pencil them in just yet for anything all that exciting. Um, and then I have the Pistons and Bulls as my other two sort of just outside the playoff picture teams. Do you have all, those teams also in this team? Like, the, the Bulls are in your bottom tier. Where do you have the Pistons, though? Uh, Pistons are in there as well. I have the Heat in there as well just because, like, I just think that roster's so weird. Yeah. Like, Jimmy's awesome, and, like, he's certainly going to be, like, the best player on that team. I just think that roster that roster is just quite weird. Um, I think losing Hassan Whiteside will be good for them as well, though. So I think like, I, I'm going to talk myself into, like, Miami being, like, a feisty eight-seed or something at some point because I really do like Bam. Um, I feel like there's a move they're going to make as well. I just have a lot of money that just seems like flippable to a team that like has expiring contracts that like the Cavs or the, the Atlanta or Memphis all sort of fit that profile. I don't know if any of those guys make sense for them, but that's like a theoretical thing. Um, I have Orlando in this group as well, and I like the Orlando. I like sort of what they did. Um, they they have an identity. They have a thing. But like you look at the roster, I I just. Like I, ha- I just for what they were, I just wonder they they're kind of running a back function. Like, right? so what does Aaron Gordon look like again this year? You know, what is your a favorite of yours, Terrence Ross, look like this year? Does Vooch can Vooch be that same level of player? Um, I like keep them getting Aminu. I I like you know what does Bamba give them? I like Isaac. Like they have some stuff to me that makes some sense. And then you just have the question of what are you getting at point guard? That's just sort of historically the weakness of this team. And and how does Markel Fultz get at this? Like we're He's making nine. Like, I feel really bad for Fultz. He's a top five most interesting player for me because of his what he is is just so, like, I can't figure it out. But he's making 9.7 this year. We've barely seen him play. And then he has his rookie option for next year. Like, we're, we're at the point where, like, we got to kind of start figuring this guy out a little bit. 
And if they they obviously are going to be invested in trying to make that work, I don't quite know how that's going to affect them. And again, I just don't know how, if Vooch can do exactly what he did last year again, or if that was going to be his peak. Um, I just want to. They're just. I need to see proof of concept a little bit more, even if I like the outline and the, the long defensive sort of stuff that they're building there. And I think and I think they're 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 well coached and everything. And but I just need to see just kind of how this sort of shapes out before I'm like, okay, this team's for sure a playoff team. Yeah, I think I have the Magic in a tier higher. I have the Magic and Pacers, spoiler alert, in my like seven, eight um, spots right now. I think the Magic, based on defense alone, are going to be really good. And yes, like their defense is awesome, man. Like the, like Jonathan Isaac, I also think you could kind of, I mean, maybe this is just because I watched him in a playoff series very intently for five games, but he's the kind of guy who I think. He was showing at the end of last season the same sort of stuff that Pascal Siakam was showing at the end of his second season, and I don't want to say that Isaac and Siakam are the same, or that like the comparison's too easy and lazy, but a similar sort of jump, I think, could be in the cards for Isaac. That dude knows what he's doing on defense in particular. He's got a bit of a handle. He is like not a great shooter, but there's something there. He's a better shooter now than Pascal Siakam was a year ago, that's for sure. And so I think that could kind of boost the ceiling of the team a little bit they're a lot like the heat though to me and that like their roster balance is very weird and they should trade something from one part of their roster to balance out the rest and like the like the, the heat have no point guards or like no guards outside of Drogic and butler like after that it's there's just not any guards on the team um unless you count tyler hero which i don't want to because uh of you know him talking about his drip on draft night. I, I'm, <laughs> I don't like Tyler Heroes just because of that. But um, the the thing with the Magic is like they could easily make a trade for some sort of guard. Like they they should trade for Chris Paul. They really should. They have the like wow. they have the stuff to put together. They can put together like a Fournier contract and like Aaron Gordon. Not even Aaron Gordon. Like someone lesser than that. Like throw in Mo Bamba to sweeten it a little bit. And just get Chris Paul because, yeah, maybe the timelines are weird and not exactly even with your young guys. But at the same time, like, you don't really have a similar timeline for any of your guys because you've been rebuilding for so long that certain guys have popped and certain guys haven't. And now you have Vooch, who's like 27, and Isaac, who's like 21. And bring in Chris Paul, who's 34. Who cares? Like, I I think that's my favorite Chris Paul potential team. Uh, And maybe it has to wait until the season starts and maybe like Terrence Ross's contract has to become involved or something like that or Alfaruka Minus or something but like I really really want them to trade for Chris Paul because DJ Augustine as much as it's funny that he hit a game winner against the Raptors in the playoffs in game one he's bad and you can't really go past the first round series if DJ Augustine's your starting point guard no matter what his offensive on-court rating is and everyone likes to harp, like, harp on that from what it was last year he was so good but like get Chris Paul and then your roster makes a lot more sense because you have shooting in Chris Paul you have ball handling you have someone who can get the ball to Jonathan Isaac and Nikola Vucevic and you're not so much relying on Vooch to be like a, a you know a dime store Jokic right like you don't have to run your offense through the post so much and that was a big thing that killed him last year too because Vooch wasn't a very good passer Marcus all killed him and he you know just walled off all of his post ups and there was just nothing Vooch could do out of that and you have to diversify a little bit. You can't diversify your offense if you don't have a point guard. And so, trade for Chris Paul. Do it. I think it's perfect. And I think that team would be instantly, probably, maybe the third best team in the East if they got Chris Paul. 
I'm so crazy. I'm like, I'm you. You sold me on the, on the Chris Welch <laughs> Orlando. Um, you can do it right now. Like I literally started like coming up with a fake trade, and I don't know what kind of pick she has put in this or whatever. But it like you could, the money, money wise, Fournier, Bamba, Augustine, Fraser Jr. Um, for Chris Paul with no no other players coming back from OKC works. Perfect. And then you get to pair Chris Paul with Terrence Ross, the JJ Redick that JJ Redick could never be. Uh, uh, <laughs> you get, I mean, like, I mean, like, faults. I mean, like, Paul couldn't be a bad. I don't. I wonder what like faults the the faults Paul dynamic. I don't know. There, there's some stuff. I I don't. Who knows about faults at this point though? Really, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm in on that. I I feel like super like then you got to like then OKC like immediately needs to trade like Adams and Gallo. Yeah. Um just let Schroeder like eat up all the possessions oh with, and like or like actually let Shea eat up all the possessions. <laughs> yeah, please let like it be Shea. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, imagine uh, team that's, yeah, I'm that's in on Paul. That. I'm in on that. that would make me much more interested in Orlando and much more sure because like him and Vooch is like a PNR combo would be kind of interesting. Yeah, Paul Ross, Gordon Isaac Vooch as a lineup is pretty dope. I'm in. That yeah. I'm in. Let's go. Let's Ken Burch is the backup. In Hell fact, yeah! All right, uh, the Heat. Internet. Let's. You said you had the Heat in like your playoff bubble tier. Yeah, they're yeah. right there. Um, I, I I just think Jimmy's really good. I think the East is bad. I like. I like Spo as a coach. I like Bam kind of taking a more of a center role. I don't love Hero. Um, you know, we'll see what revenge body Dean Waiter sort of looks like this year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think like the East is bad. Jimmy's good, and they have like enough stuff that they can have like a functional team that can like make them a fringe playoff team. I think their second units are going to be absolutely horrendous. Like their starting they five makes some sense. Yeah, like Jimmy's gonna have to play like this is gonna be Bulls Jimmy Butler. Yeah. it feels like because right now the starting five is slated as Dragic, Butler, Winslow, Olynyk, and Bam. I think Bam is awesome. He might be the second best player on their team by the end of the year. Um, and then their bench right now is Myers, Leonard, James Johnson, who's old and bad, Derek Jones Jr., who does dunks, Tyler Hero, uh, and then Dion Waiters as well is in there, and then Kendrick Nunn. Is their backup point guard right now? I've never heard of Kendrick Nunn until this second. So yeah, I, this is not I, a deep team at all. Which is I like mean, I feel like they're gonna probably make some kind of trade. I would assume, but I don't know what kind of trade that is. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just it's a rough line. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm less in on the Heat. I was gonna say the Heat were gonna be like my sixth seed for sure, and now I'm not so sure because I think that like one injury and they're kind of boned. Yeah, I, and they don't have I don't much of like wrong. they don't have like very much versatility either, right? Like I guess they could slide Winslow down to the four sometimes, or have James Johnson play the four and then slide Jimmy down to the three, and then you can throw in Hero or Waiters. But like, are you really thrilled about a lineup where you have to throw in Hero or Waiters as your third wing? Like, they don't have a ton of like they're they're kind of stuck playing big ball a lot of the time. And that's fine. I, I'm not as, like, anti-two bigs as a lot of people seem to be, but, like, especially when you have Olenek and Bam who kind of have diverse sets of skills, but, like, they don't have any wiggle room, really, with this roster. Pat Riley, man. <laughs> really sold your soul yeah. for Jimmy Butler, huh? <laughs> yeah. Tough look for, for Pat there. Um, the although player... I, I guess I get it, and, like, you thought you get... I don't know, like... 
they just wanted a guy and like Jimmy wanted to be there. And I guess it's just like, well, like it's, is it better to have Jimmy than to like be what you were last year? Do you, are you betting on Jimmy like injecting something? I, I guess that's just sort of, I guess what you're probably like thinking you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but who, who really knows, I guess. How like, much I is Jimmy? I don't know about that. How much is Jimmy going to hate Dion Waiters? I really worry for or Dion they, Waiters. Are they like best friends? Like, I don't know. Or is Jimmy going to like, or, or are Jimmy and Pat Riley going to lock Dion Waiters into a room and fat shame him? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he's on Instagram already like saying like he's like coming out for revenge. So maybe they're like kindred spirits, you know? I don't know. <laughs> oh man, Jimmy Butler, what a guy. I I, yeah, I'm less in on this he, team now. One injury, they're screwed. I think, yeah, especially if it's Jimmy. Yeah, well, even if it's like... Olinick or Adebayo or Winslow like or Drogic oh, they won't have a down. point guard if Drogic gets hurt they'll have Kendrick Nunn as their point guard if Drogic goes down like yeah that's that's tough um yeah that could be that could be a very problematic for Miami so we'll see what what works out there but you know so that's it for today bad teams out of the way good teams coming tomorrow please subscribe rate review locked on Raptors iTunes Stitcher Spotify Google Play thank you very much and we will talk to you on Friday with part two of Locked on Cav Tours. Uh, is that what we're calling it? I don't know. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Either way, have a good day, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.